0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Minash. Today Today's another AMA episode. That is Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions. And if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. This question comes from Mike in Pennsylvania. He writes, Hi, Victor. Thank you for your daily podcast. I find your show format insightful and your perspective extremely helpful. Our families decided to sell a vacation rental we own on the coast of North Carolina that we purchased almost 10 years ago. The market's extremely hot right now, and we are ready to exit at this time for several reasons. We expect to sell for almost triple what we paid back in 2013, which will leave us with a sizable capital gains tax bill unless we find a tax-favorable alternative to invest the proceeds. I'm concerned we may not be able to find and close on a property for a 1031 tax exchange fast enough. Any thoughts on a 1031 or opportunities on funds? How would you consider handling this? As always, I look forward to hearing from you on the Real Estate Espresso podcast. Well, Mike, first of all, thank you for the kind words, and this is really a great question. First of all, I don't want to get in the realm of offering tax advice. I'm not an accountant. That really can't be my role. But I can share a perspective that hopefully you'll find helpful. I have a couple of 1031 specialists that I really trust to provide excellent advice, and I'm happy to make an introduction if you need it. We're talking about two mechanisms for sheltering taxable gains in the U.S. from capital gains tax. Under Section 1031 of the tax code, you can sell a piece of real estate and buy a replacement property and roll that investment into the new property without capital gains tax being payable. You need to set it up in advance so that when you sell, the funds don't go directly into your bank account. They go into the trust account of a licensed 1031 intermediary. Once you sell the property, you then have 45 days to identify a list of potential replacement properties that you might purchase. And then you need to close on one of them within 180 days of the original sale. These timelines are important. If you miss the 45 days or the 180 days, you're paying the capital gains tax. An Opportunity Zone fund investment is a little different. It requires an investment in an Opportunity Zone fund, and the timelines are a little bit more relaxed, but they're also a lot more complex. Here, too, you need to get some professional advice to understand the nuances embedded in the rules. They are not simple and straightforward to understand. In addition, Opportunity Zone investment requires your funds to be tied up for a long time in the new investment in order to take full advantage of the tax sheltering. I've seen some investors sell property with the intention of executing a 1031 exchange. And sometimes, for whatever reason, that transaction fails to complete within the timeline. Maybe the new replacement property failed to pass due diligence. Maybe there was a problem with title that prevented getting the loan in time. Maybe you simply couldn't find a suitable replacement property in the 45 days. 45 days goes by really quick. I've seen some cases where, with the help of a professional, they've been able to pivot from a 1031, which was their plan A, into an Opportunity Zone investment as plan B. But Opportunity Zone investments have not lived up to their early promise. There's simply not that many good quality projects in Opportunity Zones compared with the market at large. Professional investors would rather have a good investment with higher tax exposure than a bad investment with great tax treatment. Opportunity Zone investments require a significant percentage of the investment to be on improvements. So you need a high-quality developer behind the project in order to mitigate the numerous risks that exist with new development. I also see some investors buy a property, any property, simply to avoid paying the tax. And I'm not a fan of making a bad investment simply to avoid paying the tax. You would have been better off holding onto the property that generated that amazing capital gain in the first place. If you see strong deal flow around your coastal property, you might find that properties are selling all around you in just a few days. You don't want to wait too long, but if you're willing to wait a few weeks or perhaps even a few months to sell, it might make sense to start identifying replacement properties that you want to buy before you even list the property for sale. You could then take an option on a few properties with a slightly longer contingency period and then list your property for sale, knowing that it'll sell in a few days at a decent price. Maybe you could negotiate a longer closing timeline with your new buyer once you have a firm contract, so that you can delay the closing of the sale until you're actually ready. You've no doubt heard of buyers negotiating an extension. It's not as common for a seller to negotiate an extension, but there's no reason you can't. What if you negotiated a price of, say, 100 bucks a day for every day you delay closing? You'd do that in a heartbeat, knowing that your risk of paying the capital gains tax drops dramatically. You'd even pay 200 a day, knowing that your capital gains tax is not going to be due you then have a lot longer runway with which to make a decision on the replacement property. If you can increase that window to make a decision from 45 days by adding another 30 or 60 days, you can significantly reduce the risk of missing the deadlines and feeling forced to make a decision out of desperation. I want to thank you, Mike, for a fantastic question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.